Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Thanks for the mic, Camille. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Please pray. I've been having some things happening here. My just something I got act something happened when I my head's been bothering me the whole time. But in Jesus' name, God is greater all the time. So how's everybody and happy new year. Happy New Year. I heard you guys had a very a raucous time at the Butler household on New Year's Eve. Raucous. I don't know where that term come was it rock rock'em sock'em. I heard it was pretty awesome. So I'm I'm excited to if you guys get some time since I was um I was I was um MIA, I know I was home, kind of being a little low key New Year's Eve. So I definitely would love to read more about those prophetic words in the the group chat if you guys um have some time to send those. So today before we get started, let's just, I want to bless this time. And so, Father, thank you for this time. Keep it, um, just as a view, Father, for this message, just keep it free of distractions and anything that's not of you, that we just ask that it will be uh, disappeared in Jesus' name, to, just for everything just to be about you and your focus, your word for 2022 and beyond, Father. And thank you for this body. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Christ's kingdom builders and what a blessing it is to have a building, to be able to meet. There are places that are not able to meet, Father, and we're so blessed in this country for to have the freedom to worship and to worship the Lord the way we know we're supposed to. It's, um, it's such an awesome and blessed time. In Jesus' name, amen. So. So this is my this is my Bible. So you guys, I don't know if you know the drill. Okay, this is the drill. No, I'm not a drill sergeant, but I've been told that I can be. So part of this is honor. <laughs> I just got to laugh because I was not in the military, um, but I felt like I was raised by a military father who actually was in the military only at four years. But um, so I just like to honor God. So if you, um, when you guys, if you have your Bible, if your Bible's your phone, just this is my way of just honoring. And um, this is how I, f- I feel like this activates the word too. This is just a personal thing I just have done. Um, so when I get up here to preach, I just like to do that. So if you guys could raise your, wherever your Bible's at, if you could just um, say a, a decree after me, this is my Bible, God's word. When I read it, when I read it, and respond to what it says, and respond to what it says, it changes my life. It changes my life. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, So I want to continue a little bit more on what Patricia, uh, when I was here last month, um, sharing about being unoffendable, and I tell you, I'm a, this is part two because I there was so much to it. Um, and one of the things she talked about was the season we're moving into is going to be very important that we remain unoffendable. So please, I want to encourage you to. There's a process that God is going to take us through, and for us to be positioned rightly, and this. Each of us, but not just each of us, but corporately, it's really important that we are in position to be unoffendable. Um, So there's a process with that he takes us through. And one of the greatest disqualifiers, though, is, and this is what Patricia talked about, was um, the issue of offense. Um, And you can see this on social media. And I'll be honest, you guys, this time a year ago, I got off social media, my own personal account. I have to say I can stalk sometimes. I do. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie and say I'm not on it, but I don't have a personal account. And recently I went through a, a training for work personally that, which 
Many of you know employers do look at your personal accounts. They can, and when you put things, know that once you put it out there, it's out there. So just use wisdom about the things you share on social media. And I'm not going to say this, that people are doing anything wrong, but things can be twisted. Things can be misunderstood. People can get offended. Um, so I uh, was um, in this training, basically, if I do anything or say anything on social media that goes against the position of the state, that I could be um, disciplined. Um, and there are some things that I don't necessarily agree with. So I choose not to put things on social media. And Holy Spirit warned me about this a year ago. And I didn't understand it at the time because, as we know, um, I think back to when I was in school, some of the foolish things I did in my youth. And that can affect your employment now. The things, I mean, you can be basically the things you do in college can actually come back and they can kick you out. Um, or that your employer can go back and you and it's the cancel culture. We know what's happening with that. So I just want to encourage you um, that we want to be a place that's honoring of people. We we may have different views personally, but it's about unity and it's about love. And I think you know the whole social media cancel culture started that kind of took on a life of its own. Um, so I. I mentioned social media about the issue of offense, but also we can see it in our places of employment, as I mentioned. People that are in school, in your marketplace, and even in your home. Um, offense will be something that will separate God's remnant who are about Jesus and moving into his kingdom forward versus those who are about themselves and pushing their agenda forward that is not God's kingdom. So no, there's a sifting. There is actually a separating happening room right now. So it's really important that we be aware of that it, the issue of fence. So I want to talk a little bit more in depth. And so some of these, these were the, the five areas of offense that I talked about. But what I didn't talk about is how do we walk free from this so those five deadly elements that Patricia mentioned were anger, bitterness, judgment, unforgiveness, and pride. So when we, we operate in offense, we actually cross over into those five areas. And we must repent and be aware now and moving forward so we are rightly positioned. So let's take a look at those areas. Um, how can we walk free from offense? I love this. I like this big freedom. I do. I think that love that. You know, okay, Lara, I'm so glad to know that I'm activating that music when we were in class about there's something about a song. I'm not going to take credit for the music, but I've just been, there's always something about a song whenever we do a prophetic activation. And I want to just sh give a shout out to Carrington as she's coming through the door. She, I can see some prophetic facilitation skills coming and we're just so thankful for Carrington and because we, we just appreciate our youth because they are our um, next generation. So, um, so freedom from offense. So there are some qualities I want to share. And again, this is what Patricia talked about, Patricia King. Um, Stephanie and I both are ordained under Patricia, and she released a word for 2022 and beyond. And some of this, you guys, I know um, I didn't get in depth on the, f the freedom and the keys because we, I, you know, we ran out of time. There was so much. But I think the first thing I want to talk about that she shared was in order to walk free from offense, we have to make a quality decision to walk free. A quality decision is one that um, is one that you've decided you're going to do. Once you make your decision, you stick with it and you do not waver. You have to be intentional, and I can't emphasize this enough. You have to be intentional to do this consistently. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit I have been challenged with this, and I have gotten offended, and you guys heard some of my testimony. But there were successes. There are victories, and we have victory over this. I've really noticed it really, really, I mean, and I think we're seeing this in the nation um, the last two years for me. Um, big time. And working in the government realm, I do probably get exposed to things and that sometimes um, that can be, I guess, challenging. And there's a position, and this isn't about politics, this is about Republican or Democrat. This is just that spirit of that, go that governmental spirit. Um, 
So I, I just want to encourage you. There's times I've been challenged in this area, and I've had successes. And there have been some times when I haven't been as successful. But when I've been successful, which I'm continuing this, and it's a work in proce process, and we're all a work in process, you have to be intentional. And when I, when I talk about a quality decision, I want to encourage you with this because a quality decision is one that you know the outcome. It is a good decision. You are steadfast in your decision. And this, the top part was some of the things that spoke, up to, spoke to me about some of what Patricia shared about what does it mean to make a quality decision? You are decisive. You are not double-minded. The matter is finished. That means there's no questioning. And I think you'll see, so for instance, I'm going to use the analogy of a football game. I know we've had some tough games for some of us here, and some of us have been excited, and some of us were, ooh, we, we did not win. And I get it. I've been there. I have many years of wins and losses as a Spartan, and we've, I've been on the, the end of many losses. So, But I think of analogy when you have a, a lineman or a defensive man in a football game that goes off sides. So that means they cross over the line before the ball is snapped and they don't get and they get flagged for it. And really that is what offense is. You're crossing a line that you need to okay, how can I say this lovingly prophetically? You need to be careful because you don't know what you can do to your words can do how you can hurt people sometimes. So it's, it's interesting, the whole analogy of football, because not even thinking about the football games this weekend, um, but thinking about that, there's that imaginary line that when the, before the ball is snapped, sometimes the center may maybe twitch, and if they can get away with it to draw the defense off sides, because you want to get the penalty so you can get the first down, and or the quarterback may kind of jerk a little bit, and they're trying to do a sneaky draw your offsides. The enemy is like that. He's sneaky. He tries to do those things to get you to get offended or get offsides. And, okay, let's face it. This is a battle we're in, you guys. I've never seen anything like it. I think we can all agree. We are in a battle in our country, literally, for our country. And this, again, is not about Republican or Democrat. This is just about for the heart and soul of our country. Um, on Jesus. This is about Jesus. This isn't about Laura. This isn't about Stephanie. This isn't about um, Jackie or Cammie or Donna or Brent or Lyra, um, Alan or Matt. I'm going to see everybody. Ann, Carrington, Camille. I know she's not here. But this is about, number one, our corporate body, our church. We don't want to have people come in and be offended, but we know that it's happened. We've had experience with that. But the thing is about the intentionality of doing it. Sometimes we say and do things unintentionally. It's the intentionality behind what we do. So when we make a quality decision to not be offended, that is the first step. And the second step is, um, and I'm going to read Psalm 5110, and this is King David. Um, he had sinned against Bathsheba, and actually Nathan was confronting him on it. And so this is King David, to, G, to he's crying out to God in the Psalms, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And I, I picked this scripture because I, I love the section where he talks about renew a steadfast spirit. Steadfast meaning you're standing strong, you're steadfast, you're not wavering. And many of you know, or maybe some of you don't, David, King David was a man after God's heart. I mean, he sinned. He was far from perfect. He actually um, got Bathsheba's husband killed. I mean, think about that. Think about, I mean, he tricked and trapped and used his own men to draw him out to kill him so he could cover up for his adultery. Hmm, I wonder where we've, some of the stuff maybe sounds a little bit about some of the things we're seeing today. Um, but I think making a quality decision is one that um, it's not about the number of times, let's say, when you think about quantity versus quality. You can say, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, and then you keep doing it. And again, that gets to the law, to the legalistic part of it. 
but the quality behind your decision is key, meaning you're focused, you're steadfast. So when we look at Acts, this is Barnabas in Acts 11.23. He um, says, when he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. I love this part because he talked about true to the Lord with all their hearts. That means he was encouraging the people there to be steadfast and continue to um, be true to the Lord with all their hearts. And that's really what this is about, too, true to the Lord with all their hearts. That means their heart's not divided. Their heart is focused on him. It's not on something else. And I, I just want to be, um, again, just to encourage you all, this is something that is not easy sometimes. It's not. It is not easy. It can be difficult. It can be challenging. I think with the whole cancel culture where we see the whole divisions we've seen in our country, but know that I think what really strikes me is the fact that God wants your heart. Are you going to give him your whole heart or are you just going to withhold it because you're offended? I mean, I'm going to go back to King David again. He he um, was confronted by the prophet Nathan, and I didn't put the scripture up here, but gave the analogy of taking a poor man's sheep. And David was like, well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, basically Nathan was confronting David about what he did because he stole another man's wife. Um, so just, just be encouraged. Um, making a quality decision is very important. It's not the whole process, but it's part of it. So again, there, these are keys that will help us move forward. And I love this. Okay, you guys, I know I'm a soft, I'm a Spartan. I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm not. <laughs> Go white. <laughs> so this is a prophetic picture, and I wasn't planning to talk about football, but I love this picture. Think about the word relentless. And what, what this picture is, it's the tunnel going out into the football field. The players see this. As soon as they're, they're running from the locker room, that's what they, the last thing they see before they go into the stadium. And think about what that does to the mindset when you're relentless. When someone is relentless, they're determined to do something and not give up. They refuse to give up. It's a mindset that you carry to accomplish your goal. Setting out to make a quality decision to walk free from offense is a mindset you have to carry in this season. And I, I just love, love that banner. You know, this was, and this is part of the culture. See, they, okay, back in the day, okay, this is back in the day for some of us that were in school quite a few years ago. They didn't have some of this fancy stuff like this, banners and things. But when I say fancy stuff, I just was thinking of, you know, get out there and just play the game. But if you want to win the game, that's different. You have to have the culture develop like what we've done at, done at Shekinah with the culture of our worship, the culture of our prophetic facilitation, the culture of our messages, just our culture. And when, you're re when the culture is created, it's, it sets the tone for the foundation of the programs that are happening. So I believe it was when Coach D'Antonio came back in 2006, um, he, start, he set the culture. And for those of you who don't know, he was, he was a believer. I didn't know him, but he was somebody I had a lot of respect for. He had an eye for talent, but it wasn't just about the physical size. It was about the character. And one of the people he recruited, and I'm just going to share the story, was Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he wasn't recruited before D'Antonio came. He was actually committed to go. He was looking at some other schools because he was told he wasn't big enough to go D1, Division I. He was not big enough. But there was something Coach D'Antonio saw in him, something about his character. It goes to the character issue, you guys. And to walk free of offense it's a character issue that we have to master. And there's something about that. And I'm, I'm just going to be transparent and say that's an area I can, I've been challenged by, particularly at work with people that I think don't know what they're doing or they've messed stuff up and I have to clean up a mess, literally, it feels like. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be anywhere else but doing what I'm doing. Um, 
So character is so important this day to walk free from offense. And I just, I just love that picture up there of the stadium. And using, just to give an example of Kirk Cousins, because he's a believer, many of you know, and he's done a lot for the communities he's been a part of. He, he's from Holland originally. And he actually, when I was at Trinity Church, where I was at before coming to Shekinah, he, he used to come to church there um, and used to sit in the front, in the row of, you know, Saturday night. He would come with his parents and his sister and brother, and I'm like, I'm sitting there getting ready to worship. I'm like, that's Kirk Cousins. Who is that? Wow, who's that guy? He was cute. Okay, I'm just saying, you guys, he was cute. He's 33 now, young youngster, but I just thought, and, and actually at that, t and before I think he even started, he actually was, his father had come to preach. His father's a pastor for people that maybe don't know that, and he actually almost became the pastor there, but um, so, but it's, it's just interesting how God uses different situations with different people. Um, I, I say all, all that to say that being relentless will be a very important part of making a quality decision to not be offended when somebody gets in your face and just is not very nice sometimes. And how do you react to that person cutting you off? taking your cart when you're almost getting your grocery cart. You got to walk way in the other side of the store. Are you going to get offended? No, because you see that person has a child. Maybe they're waiting for somebody. Maybe they're disabled. So, so it's really important to think through um, that we don't get offended. Um, so the second key I want to talk about is we must embrace the cross, die to self, forgive, and love. You know, we must embrace the cross, die to self, forgive, and love. So in Matthew 16, 24 to 26, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Did you guys hear that? Must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? I guess, honestly, you guys, I'm seeing that playing out in our world right now, in our country. What good will it be for someone to gain the world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Because the, the enemy wants your soul. I'm telling you, I mean, this is... It just jumps out on the page. Is, and, Alan, I want to say this, that word about um, you were talking when you said you didn't give things profound in what you were talking about. And I can't remember all the words you said, but it was like immediately it was something from Revelations, what we're seeing play out with this, some of the things that are happening in our country. Um, so we can't compromise, you guys. This is important. We can't compromise. This key to walking free from offense is embracing your cross. Each of us have a cross that we must carry. And I know sometimes it can be hard. And I'm saying this as one who has had it on the back, and I've dropped it, and I've kicked it. I've had my temper tantrums. I'm just being honest. Um, and I've carried it. I mean, I just think of the passion of the Christ, you guys, that scene. I just love that movie with Jim Cavazell as Jesus. You know, here, the, here he is carrying his cross. They're spinning. They're mocking him. They're kicking him, hitting him, punching him. And the one gentleman, I can't remember, Stephen? Simeon helped him. And he didn't want to, I think. I mean, he did not want to do it because he, he saw what was going on with Jesus. And sometimes... I know we have a tendency to turn and run the other way or get in our cave. Oh, am I the only one that does that? I, I'm just. <laughs> but it's important that we, that we embrace it and die to self. I think many times, um, for, for me personally, God gives me a dream about something usually that I need to die to myself about, and it's a prophetic symbolism, and I know we all have different DNA, but I want to encourage you. I think as we enter into 2022, God is going to give us more profound dreams, and I just want to encourage you to write those down. Um, you know, Jesus walked in love, and he died to self as he was put on the cross. 
we too must carry that cross. Um, and I've had to do that at work. I've had to do it with my family and with friends and things where I've just not a, I probably would say not agreed with decisions or agreed with some things, but it wasn't my place to disagree. It was like, because you don't know what's happening on the other side with what somebody's going through. So dying to self, forgive and love. And it says right there in Matthew, we must pick up our cross and carry it. Um, I don't know who the gentleman is, but there's a guy that around the United States has been carrying a cross. Okay, I just, I actually love that. What a prophetic act that is. I mean, it'd be, okay, I would be like, if I had to do that, Lord, could I put it on a car and I can drive? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I thought, whatever you want, Lord, just to, I, and he will give us, you know, he will give us the strength to, to do the things, and he will give us the strength to embrace our cross and die to self. And again, you guys, I'm not going to say this is easy. It can be very challenging. We're dealing with, I think, challenging situations in our city, state, and nation. Um, within our own families, I'm just thinking of my own and differences of opinions about things. People aren't happy with you because of decisions you've made. But Lord, I know you love them and I love them too. So again, embracing the cross, die to self, forgive and love. And again, this is so key. And Patricia is all about love. And I think a lot of the things she's taught on are based on this um, with love. Um, and the, some of the courses that I've taken. And it's, it's a good reminder of the importance of that. While you die the self, that means the old is gone, the new has come. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So again, when we embrace that cross and die to self, our old is gone, the new has come, but sometimes, like a, like a computer, sometimes things have to be reset and it takes time because sometimes we have a tendency, or, or maybe I'm the only one, that sometimes has a tendency to revert back into things that are comfortable, my way of doing things. I don't want to do that, Lord. I want to stay at home. So know that it's a process he takes us through. Um, also in Galatians 2.20, um, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want to read this last part. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm thinking about our class this morning, and Jackie, thank you for teaching. What a blessing it's been to take that Holy Spirit class because it's opening up all sorts of things. You know, okay, you know, I, I get activated in class. I hear a song or I see something, and I go down a bunny trail, I admit it, and I try not to, but, it's, but it activates something, actually, that God's trying to show me of a situation. But we are to live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and each of you, and he gave himself for each of us. You know, he's been taking me through a process over the last, and I think particularly two years, specifically as he has shifted me. And one thing I've learned is not to fight the process because it is for my own good. It may not always feel that way, but at the time, but it is. It, it's, and it's not about, we're not to have, okay, let's say my feelings, something I do, I'm prophetically, I get stirred up sometimes about things, and I think though God disciplines those he loves, and, but know that there's a process he's going to take each of us through, and it's important that we not fight it, and I can't say that enough, because I've been where I fought it, and it's not healthy, it's not fun, and you get your butt whooped, I'm just, I'm being, I'm just going to be transparent. I was strong-willed, I heard, as a child. I know Stephanie laughs. I was telling her the story, and I remember talking to my mom, because I was bound and determined. Being the only left-handed person in my family, I really had to learn how to tie my shoes myself. Nobody could help me. I just pushed all the hands away. I was like, nope, I'm going to do it. Nope. Can't you guys see me, little redhead? I'm like, yes. And I did it. I did it. 
I did it. And what, you know, what I realized was, you know, back in the day, they, re they really tried to change people from being left-handed to right-handed. And I was so glad that my parents didn't do that. Um, I felt that it was important. There was something even way back when, you know, but, but it, I had to figure out how to use my hands and the dexterity of tying my shoes. And tying your shoes is a simple thing, but we didn't have the Velcro things like they do now, and, and we didn't, but, um, but it, was, it was good. I was so glad that, that my parents let me do that. But again, the process, part of the process that he takes us through is renewing our minds thinking on the things that are pure, noble, and of good report. Again, for um, getting freedom from offense, it's very important that we go through that process. And can I, I, can I get a Kleenex? Sorry, thank you. I don't know where they're, thank you. Um, oh, I didn't see them right there, thanks, Steph. Thanks. Um, so the third key I wanna talk about is, you know, this goes back a little bit about what we ta I talked about earlier. What does love look like? In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 6, love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, love does not brag, it is not arrogant, it does not act disgracefully, it does not seek its own benefit, it is not provoked, does not keep an account of wrong suffered, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. You know, I was reading this yesterday and just bawled because I was telling Stephanie, I feel like I've, this has been a big challenge in some aspects of my life. But what I realized is I've had victory over that. I have had victory. And the enemy was trying to tell me that I hadn't because I did this. And he was like keeping a score. He was, it was like a scorecard visually and I do, I see things visually and I process it. And, but what I realized is I wasn't looking at things from the kingdom perspective, the spiritual perspective. It was from a perspective that was not positive, encouraging. It was from the, from the world's perspective. But think about, you know, the areas that were highlighted I thought was powerful, particularly as, and we're seeing in our country, and particularly verse 5, it does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. I've worked with people that have done that. And I think that's where I get stirred up when I see people doing things for their own benefit. Um, they act disgracefully and to get things that they want, that they feel like they're owed. And not thinking about the people they're called to serve as a civil servant for the state of Michigan. You know, I've... I, one thing that I've loved is serving the people in the state, regardless of whatever my job was, and I am a servant. And I never thought about that because I would think, well, this is just the way we're supposed to do because this is, this is the, you know, you guys are my bosses when I think about it because you're a taxpayer. I am too, but I'm a servant of the state, so some of you guys, you do pay my salary, and I want to be a good steward of my time and resources. And not everybody has that mindset. Um, and when I think the challenge that God was showing me was, regardless of how somebody treats you, you are to love them. Or how they treat the people in this place, you are to love them. But do you love them? And I'm, and I'm and thinking of Peter when Jesus was, after Peter stumbled and abandoned Jesus when he was going to be crucified, and he denied him three times. And then Jesus went and saw Peter afterwards, later on after um, he was catching fish, he had run away. I really related to this, these scriptures because Jesus kept asking him, but do you love, love them? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And John, I can't if it's 13 or 15, but, but what struck me was Peter was struggling because he he felt like he had failed Jesus and I guess I really related to that because I felt like there are times I failed this church by not being there some of the times that I should have been and through some very challenging times that we've had with things with people here and situations and I don't talk about my personal life because I'm the one that doesn't like to do that. I like to kind of be on the outside and not let things get in because 
you because I want to keep people safe and protected, and that's a that's something I'm working at not doing. But there's something to the whole thing about protection, because Jesus has us. He has us. But then there's something to, to know that there's wisdom sometimes in, in making sure we're understanding what's happening in situations and with people. But what, um, what God will show me is I didn't miss it. I didn't let people down. That was the enemy messing with my head. And what I, what I realized is I've been working two years in an environment that none of us in my office have ever done before um, with the pandemic, with hearing about the number of people dying in Detroit, hearing about the, the people that have been sick, hearing about people that are no longer with us, that, and I, but then the, to me, some manipulation on some things too, of, you know, if I didn't believe a certain way that then I was the bad person or, but I know what God showed me and, and I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm somebody that, cares about the people that I serve, and it doesn't matter what part of the state they live in, but at the end of the day, I'm only one person, and God's got the world, and I can't carry that on my shoulders, and that's really what I was doing, and I'll be honest, some of it was some of the challenges that um, Stephanie was going through, and Camille, and family things, and um, that I, um, I didn't have control over, that I am, and then my own family's just some dynamics in my own family. I'm thinking at the end of the day, God's got this. God's got all of our situations and how much that he loves all of you, both of you, and he has you guys in the palm of your hand. Um, and Jackie, too, um, just with all of our things, Lyra and Brent and things, we all have been going through different things. And um, and I'm not saying that, that that's bad or good. I'm just saying that that's life. These are things that happen in our world. We live in a fallen world. And but God, but God. So what does love look like? Again, love looks at patience. Are we patient with people? Love is kind. Are we kind to people? Are we, as my grandmother would say, acting ugly? <laughs> That's a southern term. I don't know. Or or do you got the growls for breakfast? That's what my <laughs> that was what my dad my dad. Okay, dad, I love you. I know you're not here, but my when we would visit my grandmother in Tennessee, if my dad would get up on the wrong side of the bed, she my grandmother would say, Billy, did you get the growls for breakfast? And I'm like, I just love I love my grandmother. She's she's no longer with us, but um it is not jealous. Love is not jealous. You should not be jealous over somebody that has something and that you want the same thing. That's not to mean that you don't desire something, but I guess there's a place, though, that you need to not covet what people have. I think we, we need to be very careful about that. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant. And prophetically, I know and that ties into pride about arrogance, and I know there are times that that's been a challenge uh, for prophetic people. So I just want to encourage you that you never know who God sends your way to give you a prophetic word. It's always good to test it, but know that God does send people your way. Love does not act disgracefully towards others. Have you been acting disgracefully, or do you see that? And we see it. Again, I'm going to go back to what we see in our country right now. People acting foolish. I mean, I don't, I just, how people are acting. And it's, I'm just praying through for 2022 that, you know, regardless of what we see, and this is where we have to guard our, our eyesight and our ear gates about what we listen to and what we see. And this is for me, um, because in order to walk out that, um, that freedom for offense, we have to love in spite of how we're treated. And as you know, Christian persecution is happening. I mean, I think of, you know, it's nothing compared to what we see in China. I mean, it's really not. We're very fortunate. I've never been to China, um, but know that um, that is happening. Love is not provoked. Okay, and I really cried at that one because 
Some people have provoked me, and I've, I've really been challenged with that. And some of that was my, honestly, it was all about my heart. And how I overcame came that was, I forgive them, Lord. I pray for them because they know not what they do. I mean, think about what Jesus did when he, when those people were on the cross mocking him, and the one guy that was the robber was basically telling him, well, you can get us down, just say something, you know. And he was, and, you know, to, for me, he was mocking him. And then the other guy was like, I, I believe your Lord, and he will live with him in paradise. When you love, when you walk in love, you do not keep an account of wrong suffered. You don't, and I got convicted of this one. It's like, well, that, you don't keep accounts like, well, they did this to me back in December of 2000 or of in 1999. They did this, and I won't forget it. That goes to the, to the heart of that's your issue. They might not even know whatever it is they did. Sometimes that is true. They don't know. So again, what does love look like for you? It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. So we rejoice with the truth um, because we do not um, rejoice. We do not rejoice when we see people fall. It's really important, you guys, because we're seeing it. The people falling, people being exposed for all sorts of things. Um, and I'm saying that as I'm seeing this in the governmental realm, but know that God knows. And I've been, I've, he's, I've had to repent of some things because of exposures. And I think at the end of the day, but by the grace of God, that's not me. I mean, but by the grace of God, that's not me. That's for all of us, but by the grace of God, that is not me. Um, so, and I think about what I was like before I was saved, you know, before Christ, after Christ. But um, there was a time when I, th I think about when I would go into minister at the jail, um, that that could have been me in there. But by the grace of God, I had two parents that cared about me that loved me and kept me on the right path, even though there were times that I didn't always agree but it, with what they said and did, but I know that they loved me. So what I realize now and what's helped is not to go back and point out the mistakes. You know, I think that's where we really get ourselves tripped up is we remain angry for something maybe our parents did or something that um, that was misunderstood. And, and I've, I've had this in my own family with my mother and I love her, and there are certain things that come up that have been a trigger for me that I've had to repent and apologize to her because it's, it's something that happened many years ago when my parents divorced. And it was something that she didn't even realize, but it affected me in an area that I didn't realize. So I want to encourage you, if you get triggered by things and you're not sure what's going on and you need to talk to somebody, please talk to somebody, see a counselor, it's okay. I think we've been through so much the last two years that it's important that we talk about things. And it's not just the informal process, maybe at church, but a professional counselor like Craig Miller. You know, we've, I've, um, we've had Craig come in here and do staff training, and I've had some time with Craig um, and some of the other leadership team. Have It's okay, it's healthy to acknowledge that. And particularly some of us have gone through trauma in our life. And it's important, there are processes in our brain sometimes we have to work through, and it's okay. And it's healthy to acknowledge that. Um, so the fourth key I want to talk about for getting freedom from offense is to direct that offense or anger towards the unrighteousness, not the person. I tell you, Patricia shared a story, and I think I probably mentioned this before, about the um, human trafficking that happens in Thailand. And she was sharing a story about the children aren't just trafficked but for themselves, but for their organs. And it just breaks your heart, you know, when you hear that. And the traffickers wind up, they wind, minister to them and they get saved. But they, they sell their organs of these children. And, and we've seen this with our abortions and the fetus the parts for the for the babies in our country and what that does that's blood on the land and to repent you guys and I think where I've been challenged is to pray for the people that have been involved with that that's been a real challenge for me because 
And a lot of that has to do with my story and some things that happened to me growing up. And I knew that wasn't um, just, let's, I'll just, I'll leave, leave you with this, that God, um, what the enemy intended for bad, God will use for good. So I think there are times when we see such injustices. I can't, there's some things I can't read, watch the news. I think we really need to be careful to guard our hearts against, there's some things it's just best we don't watch. I, for some of us, for me, because of my past history, there are some things that I just know it's just not a good idea because I do, I get riled up. I do, and that's not good. I can't get, and it's being provoked. That really is what that is. That's what that word is, provoked. The enemy's trying to provoke you to, for a reaction. And instead of reacting, we should be taking action, which, number one, get on your knees and pray. We need to be praying for our city, state, and nation. Um, and this isn't about Republican versus Democrat. It's about good versus evil. I really believe in my heart that is what I'm seeing in our country right now. There is literally spiritual warfare. At, I've never seen it the way it is now. Um, so know that instead of getting on the, getting on the phone, get on the throne, and no, I'm not talking about the toilet, but some of us do our best thinking on the throne. Right, Stephanie? We do. <laughs> I'm thinking of this. Oh, my gosh. I just, some of our t stories. <laughs> can, can I share one? It's the, I was having a, a lunch meeting with Stephanie. I hadn't known her a couple years. And... Um, she had had to take a, a bathroom break, and the Lord spoke to her about something that she needed to tell me. And, and she's like, Lord, she'll hit me if I tell her that. And she did. She came and told me. But I'm like, and she was right what, I, what she said. But it was all how she delivered it was in love. But I'm just laughing that I still remember that story. I remember that story. It was like yesterday. And, and I remember it because it was done in love. Um, but I remember sitting in the flapjack shack thinking, I'm just, when you came out and said, Lord, I thought about hitting you, I'm thinking, Lord, if she thinks I'm going to hit her, what does she really think about me that I would do that? When I'm, and I started thinking, you know, but, but think about how the enemy, but the enemy was trying to get Stephanie, probably not to share whatever that was, and I can't actually, it had something to do with jail ministry and, and just not feeling sorry for myself because of, things for my past, and I was in special education as a child. They didn't call it special ed, but that's really what that was. And, um, but I just remember, I just remember the conversation. <laughs> so we've, we've had our moments, but I know it's all in love. Um, but it's important, though, that we, as in Romans 1.18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And again, there's exposure happening, you guys. There's things happening. There's things being exposed. But God's exposing things in our hearts, too. So this just isn't about other people. This is about us. Um, and I think I, I want to encourage you with that. Um, we're, like I mentioned, we're not to laugh at other people's mis misfortunes. And we're to pray for people to turn from their wicked ways. For I do believe that God's heart towards each of us is we were also once lost, but now we are, we've been found by him. And I just want to encourage you, though. I mean, take a, if, if, you, if you find like you're reacting to something, find out what's the lie you're believing. What is the lie that you're believing? And again, as one who's been there, it's like, why am I reacting to this situation, Lord? What's going on? I got to get a drink of water, you guys. I just want to encourage you guys, though, um, we may watch. Sorry, I lost my place. I just think it's really important to guard our hearts and minds about letting things in that we may watch or we may focus on. It's really important that we not, if it's not of God, turn it off. I'm just saying, turn it off. I know when I was out of, um, I didn't work those um, days after Christmas, those two days before Christmas, and then that all last week I was off from work. I, I just watched fun things, funny things, but then I watched prophetic stories, 
And then sometimes I would admit I'd turn the news on and I just gotta not watch stuff. I just, it's just not a good idea. Um, so just watch what you put in your eye gate. Um, so there is a, um, I wanna encourage you. Marsha Burns had a word this morning about following our spiritual compass and I really felt like it related to, tied into this message about, about being free from offense. And I, um, it's on the Elijah list, and I, I just want to mention, our spiritual compass is the spiritual instrument of God, Holy Spirit pointing to our destination and showing us the way to go. The Lord says, I will shine a light on your heart so that you can see clearly your spiritual condition. I will show you where you need to make adjustments and how you must proceed. Do not bemoan your errors, and I thought this was key, do not bemoan your errors and shortcomings, rather allow the corrections to be the platform to reset your spiritual compass. Um, the, um, so that was just a portion of it. And then at the end, the message at this time is to allow the light of God to reveal our hearts. We are, we are his living epistles and must guard our spiritual space. Reign in your, our wandering minds, be righteous, feed our faith, and put God first. So there's more to the word, but those were some key points because, again, prophetically, I just really related to the compass because a compass shows you what your direction you're going in. And when your compass is off, you're going to get lost. And we've seen that happen, and I've had that happen. I've had my compass off spiritually. I focused on the wrong things. It was not gauged right. So, no, this is important in this time we're in. We need to make sure we're following our spiritual compass, and sometimes it needs to be reset, like a computer needs to be reset, rebooted. We have to do that. Um, so I just want to encourage you. Um, I'm laughing because this reminds me of, um, of something my martial arts teacher used to say because of the times we're in. We need to make a conscious decision to allow God to take us through this process to shift us and make the changes we need to. Um, and not look back, don't beat yourself up. Okay, I was talking to Stephanie about this, particularly with the first 13, <laughs> first 13, and um, about the, the love chapter, that there are times that I felt like I've, I've missed it, but then there were times that I know I didn't. And we can't focus on the past. We can't focus on our mistakes because that just spirals us. It spirals us. And no matter what your age, I mean, I have to um, walk through some things with my own family about what's going on with this because I'm thinking, Lord, what are you showing me here? Because I'm getting a vision of something, and it's like, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? What is this and what you want me to do with it? Just like Stephanie, we've talked about the activation. Um, you know, when, when I was in my martial arts training, our, my instructor used to say, inch by inch is a cinch. Yard by yard can be hard. Um, I mean, and then to get, and then team together, um, everyone achieves miracles. Um, so, and the focus of that, even though there were some things that maybe weren't biblical, but some of the base, the foundation of working as a team and working together, and it's just like every stripe I got on my belt when I was, you'd move up a rank. So in order to move up a rank, you had to get so many stripes on your belt, which are, you know, in a, um, so like stripes meaning you got, a stripe means that you passed a test. So there would be different tests I would have to pass before I could move up to my next belt level. And with moving up to that belt level, you, you got to be a, um, you got to, um, there were certain skills that you developed. But what was interesting is all the skills were built on each other when I got up to my black belt, which I got in 97. And um, remember those different stripes that I got thinking of what each meant because it was a skill level developed. And I think God's taking us through different things. And I, I mentioned the thing about inch by inch as a cinch because some of the people in my class would be focused on, I can't wait to get to this belt. I'm going to be this and this time. And I'm like... I just want to get through class. I was one of the smaller ones, the shorter ones. So I was around a lot of taller people, and um, was there wasn't many women training at that time. But but I remember thinking, I love this. You know, inch by inch is a cinch. That means it's you're going to do it, and it's taking those small steps, just like you're passing your class. 
you know, what you're taking, your, your class of, you know, the SII school or class at your school, your elementary school or high school, junior high. Um, but inch by inch is a cinch, but yard by yard can be hard. But it's okay. God didn't say this world was going to be easy. In this world, we will have trouble. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, I thought when I had this that smooth sailing, nope. It's not, nada, nope, no siree. And But that was the mindset I was in at that time. But with God, all things are possible. So I remember when I was started training in martial arts, it started out with four free lessons. And my friends thought I was crazy. They made fun of me, actually. And I remember thinking, well, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And I did, and I stuck with it. I stuck with it, trained for four years, and went moved to the UP for two years, came back to Lansing and finished, and I got my black belt. And I remember thinking, I mean, if I went all this way, I can't imagine not doing it. And I think sometimes the enemy wants us to quit because breakthrough is right there. And I've been in situations where I've stopped probably before the breakthrough was coming, and, and then I've beat myself up for it. And this is where that... Um, I can't, you can't focus on the past. You stay focused on the future and moving forward, keeping your hand to the plow, not looking back. So just be, you know, just be encouraged with that. So I love this quote um, from C.S. Lewis. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And what that means to me is, you know, we, we've all, we're sinners before. We all have made mistakes. We're far from perfect. We're in process. And if any of you have arrived, please see me after I'm done. Because I want to hear what your secret is because none of us have arrived here that I know of until, until Jesus um, so I just, I just want to encourage you, as we move into 2020, know that he's positioning you into something new, and it's really important that we are open to the adjustments that he wants to make and changes within ourselves that need to be made in order to walk free from offense. Um, so I felt the keys that Patricia shared were, you know, really important um, because, again, I think... Um, Offense, and we're seeing, and I'm, I've been up here and I've talked about this and prayed for a city with the shootings that we've had in 21, and my prayer is that we get a handle on that and as a church stepping up, but not just physically stepping up, but praying for the city, praying for what, something is going on because, you know, people want to, okay, I'm not going to, okay, no, Lord, I won't go there because um, people are, are angry. And, and I heard somebody say, we don't have an anger problem in the city. I said, well, that's not necessarily true. Somebody does because something's going on. Why are people shooting? These kids are shooting, shooting each other, and they're kids, and th these are kids that are too young. And this isn't about having a gun or not having a gun. This is not what this is about. I just, there's something, there's something spiritual happening. And as, a, as on the north gate of the city, our church is... We have a duty and obligation to look out over that city and air the, and and blow the shofar and blow the warning so people know. And I just want to thank Stephanie for the, her leadership with, with things with that, with having us positioned and ready for 2022, particularly with Coggle, you know, and your work. I know you've done with them, but I I can't say this enough that, I'll be honest. I really struggled the other night, and actually I was telling Jackie this about being out on um, going out Friday night, um, what I realized was I was afraid. Being out late at night by myself, and I'm thinking, Lord, what is that? What am I afraid of? And it's there was something bothering me that I felt that I had to stay and not go out. And I don't know if it was he was saving me from something, but I just didn't feel comfortable leaving and going out at night, late at night. And I, and, but I know he protects and I know, Stephanie, you and I have talked about this because he calls us to do different things. Um, 
but I think we need to be careful not to keep ourselves in this protective box that we miss out on opportunities that God has, not necessarily for us, but for other people that he's going to bring in our path. So, and that's all, folks. So activation, I don't know, Stephanie, do you want to? Oh, you do? All right. Oh, because she saved me. Thank you, Jesus. Can we thank God for Laura, you guys? Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, and more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.